Welcome to PMA Takes on Tech, the podcast that explores the problems, solutions, people, and ideas that are shaping the future of the produce industry. I'm your host, Bonnie Estes, Vice President of Technology for the Produce Marketing Association, and I've spent years in the ag tech sector. So I can attest, it's hard to navigate this ever-changing world in developing and adopting new solutions to industry problems. Thanks for joining us and for allowing us to serve as your guide to the new world of produce and technology. My goal of the podcast is to outline a problem in the produce industry and then discuss several possible solutions that can be deployed today. This episode of PMA Takes on Tech is sponsored by CropTrack. CropTrack helps food and beverage companies improve their supply chain management from contracts, all growing activities, sustainability, and ESG management to grower settlements. To learn how your entire supply chain operations can work more efficiently, go to croptrack.com backslash PMA. Welcome to today's episode with Randy Peckinaw, a field supervisor of Snap Beans in Illinois with Del Monte. He has been at this job for 26 years and with Del Monte for 30 years, so he knows his stuff. If you want to hear how folks in the field are thinking about data management and adopting technology, Randy is your guy. It's so important for people who are developing technology to hear from people like Randy. He talks about what the needs are in data management from the field perspective, how data is used, what form it needs to be in, and that it needs to play well with other data. He also talks about the journey of adopting technology. This is truly a boots on the ground conversation. Hello, my name is Randy Peckinaw, and I'm a field supervisor with Del Monte Foods in here in North America and uh, based out of central Illinois. And being a field supervisor, my main task is contracting and raising snap beans uh, for canning purposes. I've been a field supervisor with Del Monte for, this is my 26th year as a field supervisor. Uh, it's my 30th year as an Del Monte employee counting some seasonal years before becoming a field supervisor. So we, uh, we grow and, uh, uh, raise snap beans, uh, early source and late source here in Illinois, uh, for our production facilities in Wisconsin and kind of an auxiliary part of my job is we, accumulate all of our ag data uh, from starting the crop contracting all the way through till it's uh, being dumped at the plant. So for traceability and sustainability processes through the whole growing season, uh, we use this platform um, kind of for everything we, uh, we need to do. And how long have you been using that technology for? I've been uh, working uh, for about seven years. Uh, we've the last three years has been our kind of main jump into going full bore. We run from, like I say, contracting all the way through payment. And uh, so we do electronic contracts 
um, we're able to schedule our plannings and, uh, you know, keep track of all the scoutings and uh, sprays and everything in, in a one place live environment. So everybody can uh, kind of keep up with it uh, live, basically, uh, real time. And how did you jump into using it for all those different things at, at the very beginning? And or have you kind of incrementally used different parts of the platform as time has gone on? Incrementally different parts of the platform as time has went on. Uh, we, we first uh, started in with kind of just as a mapping program and uh, kind of have moved up, you know, stair-stepped with them as they've grew. We have grew with them in, uh, in parts of the platform that they offer. Um, one of the biggest things that uh, we use and uh, I guess kind of goes along with uh, the, the, the climate situation is weather data. Mm. And uh, so our, our older system that we did use, uh, we would collect weather data on, a, you know, basically one or two weather stations in a 60 mile area. We can get it down to a two mile grid and basically we're collecting weather data on a per field basis instead of a per 60 square mile area. So that is helping us um, be able to schedule our plannings to in, in the end run, have our harvest kind of come off in a, in a streamlined uh, way where the plant stays full and we're not overproducing or underproducing on a daily basis. Hmm. So how are you thinking about managing supply chain efficiencies now in 2021 after all the changes that we've experienced? From the field side of it, weather's, weather's the biggest player for us. Mm. And uh, it's it comes down to a lot of, um, with the newer technology out there, it's, it's helping us schedule a lot more, uh, schedule better more, I should say. And uh, that's really, it's really helping us in the long run in that way. Um, yeah, like you were just saying, as far as getting, uh, having the right amount of product get into the plant, uh, to the processing plant, like that kind of scheduling, it really helps in, with efficiencies, right? Yeah, yes. Uh, naturally, we don't want to overproduce mm. and not be able to get it canned, and we don't want to underproduce and 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 run short on days uh, at the facilities. Yeah, there are many data tools available to help farmers manage their operations. What is the most important to you for a data solution? Kind of uh, being in the veg industry. Uh, I mean, there's a lot of data platforms out there and uh in the veg industry it's kind of um there's a lot of corn and soybean platforms out there but in the veg <laughs> there industry, sure are <laughs> yes <laughs> but in the veg industry uh you're you're really uh, i mean we kind of do things different than the corn and soybean guys and to have a platform that's dedicated to you 
Uh, there's just not that many out there. To us or another user, they're not the same. It's the same base canvas, but it, it's it's totally customized. And basically, the the language that we use in our business practice uh, instead of just a, a generic program. So there must have been in the using and adopting, there must have been a lot of back and forth of you kind of explaining what you needed and then them iterating and making changes. And then you trying that. Was there a lot of that kind of cycling that happened? Yes. Yes, there was. Yeah. Yeah, I was talking to a couple of the people at the company and they were saying that everybody's, a lot of their customers, they use different languages for different words to describe things. And so they kept having to change things because people, you know, in one part of the country or would use a different language to to explain something. And so that that keeps them on their toes, I think. <laughs> it, does, it does. Yeah, we, we have run into... Uh... Many little things like that, even even in other Del Monte locations, uh, you know, weeds are called different things. I mean, it's the same weed, but they have a different name or a bug has the is the same bug, but it has a different name in different uh, in different locations uh, of the U.S. Yeah, so yeah, we have run across that just internally. So you talked about weather information, um, but what kinds of other information do you need real time to manage your supply chain? So we do, uh, we kind of do electronic tickets, field tickets. So we know uh, in real time when the truck is in the field, it's being loaded, uh, it's loaded in on the road, uh, it's arrived at the plant, um, it's been weighed in. It's uh, basically on deck to be dumped. So all those steps are real time. So we can have an idea how many loads we need to be picking. Do we need to slow down a little bit, speed up a little bit uh, to keep the plant uh, full of product? How many acres do you have? Is it all kind of in the same spot or is it spread out? You know, over the Midwest, or are you mostly in Illinois in a certain locale? I'm based out of central Illinois. I mean, we have locations in the state of Washington, California, uh, Oregon, Wisconsin, uh, in Illinois. And they all have someone with a role like yours. And is there one plant per each of those locations, or are you driving to different um, facilities? All of my uh, product goes to our two facilities in Wisconsin, our two bean facilities. Uh, the main uh, bean growing area is in, in central Wisconsin. Uh, corn and peas uh, is in Washington, and uh, fruit is, uh, is in California and also in Washington. Hmm. So yes, there is, there is at all those locations, there is people just like me in the, as field supervisors, working with the growers on a day-to-day basis of uh, producing the best quality crop we can uh, with the least amount of inputs to grow that crop. And are these contract growers or are they um, 
how, how does that framework work? Are they growers that work for the for Del Monte or are they um, growers that then sell to Del Monte? Uh, contract growers. Okay. Very cool. So um, looking at, at climate-related stresses, um, how is Del Monte responding to the impact of climate-related stresses on your farm operations or the supply chain overall? Varietal is a big one for us on the field side. Mm-hmm. Um, Del Monte, uh, 90 plus percent of the, the beans that we grow are Del Monte's own varieties. And uh, bred for the color, quality, and taste uh, that that is a Del Monte bean, and we're always looking. Our breeders are always looking for new traits uh, in our bean varieties that will help with basically, you know, like I said before, weather is is a big player is in in our harvestability and growing the beans is we want kind of a an upright bush to keep the keep the airflow down between the rows so if we do get some rains they will dry out but you want enough canopy that will shade the weeds and then that upright bush will keep the beans up off the ground even if you get a a, a heavy storm it not totally, but it'll help keep the beans up off the ground, which helps in quality issues. And, uh, and then bring in disease packages. Uh, so, you know, we could spray less, um, and so forth. Uh, where is, where's the breeding done for the beans? Uh, Wisconsin is where our bean grow, our bean breeders are located. Okay. Uh, we grow a lot of the seed out in Washington, state of Washington. A um, lot of lot of push to increase nodulation on on our varieties, uh, use less fertilizer, and and so forth. And do you um, are you seeing more extreme weather? Or any changes in weather? Have you have you seen a change over the last couple of years? Yeah, I would have to say. Uh, yeah, the, the weather patterns seem to be uh, bigger swings in the weather weather patterns. Uh, mm. It just don't seem like we can get a nice all-day inch rain anymore. If it's going to rain, we'll get a big storm and it'll rain for 15, 20 minutes, and, you know, you'll get half inch to an inch, which, uh, I mean, everybody loves the rain, but sometimes when a rain comes that fast and furious, it, it, it doesn't get a chance to soak in and you get run off and you're not getting the value out of that rain. Uh, and then naturally, you know, with the storms, you got, you know, hail, wind and uh, other things that uh, uh, bring in diseases and, uh, you know, kind of works on you on the quality side of it. Yeah. So are you breeding for more drought tolerance? Do they need to be more drought tolerant because you're getting less rain or is, is that a problem? No, uh, everything we grow is irrigated. Yeah. So. Yeah. So you can get the, the amount of water that you need. Yep. Yeah. So how do you think the company will manage environmental stresses going forward? 
I think with, you know, technology that's out there uh, is really improved uh, what we've done. And, and, and like I say, our, our beam breeding program has really uh, brought a lot to the party to help us, you know, kind of obtain those goals of a steady supply chain in the, in the culture we're in right now with the weather and climate and so forth. So do you grow different types of varieties in your particular area or, and do you get new varieties every year or kind of how to, how does the varieties change? Well, we grow, yeah, a couple, three different varieties and, uh, uh, we're always looking at new varieties, uh, um, that our breeders, uh, you know, cross up and, you know, it's, it's awful tough. You'll find a variety that has one great trait, but it's a little lacking on a couple of other traits. And you might find a, a, a sister variety to it that brings something to the party, but is lacking there also. So it's, it's, it's tough to find that one variety that brings kind of everything you need uh, to be a success. So we look at many, many varieties and, uh, you know, usually pick two or three a year to push forward to kind of see how they're gonna, gonna react in different locations also. So mm-hmm. what, what works well in Wisconsin might not work well here in Illinois. Or it might work well this year, but it doesn't work as well next year. <laughs> uh, definitely. That's, you definitely want to look at it over a, a two, three year period. And do the breeders come and interact with you and look and see how things are going in the field for, for data and feedback as well? Yes. Yes. Yeah. yeah. Yep. We interact with them all year long, uh, looking at trials and, you know, trying, trying their new varieties and, you know, uh, taking harvest measurements uh, and, you know, growing qualities all through the growing season. So we, uh, we talk back and forth with them kind of what we see on the, on the ag side uh, that can be improved on or, or what is working well. Uh Uh-huh. And are you thinking about or managing different factors for different crops, like tomatoes versus carrots versus peaches, for instance? Not too much difference. I mean, in the in the big picture, they're all kind of um, in the same boat with uh, weather patterns. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's it's all all relevant that uh, you know drought be it drought heavy rain, storms, it's all going to affect uh, all the crops we do in, in, the, in the same way. So what is the biggest change produce farmers will face in the next two years or beyond? I would say weather, <laughs> probably the number one, and uh, uh, help is going to be number two, oh, uh, yeah. is... Uh, another big hurdle. Yeah, definitely. And so, I mean, you can have you can have all the technology in the world but uh, sometimes that don't get the manual labor done. 
Yeah, exactly. How is Del Monte working with your farmers to mitigate those uh, particular challenges? We're able to, uh, like I said before, uh, drill that weather data down and, uh, and, and we get daily weather reports. I mean, we don't have to go out and see where it did rain. We can, we can get that on a, in a real time basis. Uh, so that's going to help us manage, you know, when to water, when not to water, uh, you know, fertilizer, when to fertilize, when not to fertilize, um, you know, behind a big rain. If you were to talk to someone who hadn't adopted these types of tools, what what kind of things would you tell them to make their journey easier in adopting technology? And, and you know, should they adopt new technology? I would always say yes. Moving on with technology is, uh, is a great thing. Um, like a lot of other things, it's not cheap. And there's 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 a lot of things out there. Uh, is your return on investment going to be there? Jury's still out on that. Uh, <laughs> but uh, what well, do you look uh, at that over a season or over a year? You know, two years or over a decade? How do how do you look and evaluate your return on investment on those types of tools? Well, some of that's uh, you know you got yes you got to look at the long term, uh, but some of the short-term stuff uh, um, there, you know, there's some water management tools out there that uh, um, they would be great tools in heavier ground wind to water, but in, you know, some of our sandier soils, it's not wind to water, it's wind when you can shut the water off. Mm. Uh, And uh, so I guess it, it, it doesn't need to tell you wind to water and, That cost, yeah, is a can be a pretty steep cost uh, comparative to you know water. But everybody wants to save as much valuable resource of water that you can. So yeah. it, it, it's kind of a fine line in there. Um, but data collection is great. I mean, you can collect all your data, run your numbers, and then do some some great comparisons and, and number crunching to get you where it is a return on investment or not. And uh, yeah, I think one of, one of the things I wonder about it is you know, how, how deep do you have to get into a system before you figure out whether it has a good return on investment or not? And, and that kind of puts, I mean, you have to spend a lot of time to, to learn any, you know, water management, any, any kind of data, uh, you know, farming management system, you have to spend your time to kind of try to figure it out. So w- when you're looking at something, how do you make the decision of, I'm going to go ahead and try that, this and see if it works and see if I get a return on investment? Yeah, I would say, yeah, you can't do it. You can't look at it at a one year, uh, a yeah. one year deal and and going to see that return. Um, Cause it is, it is a big investment and, and a large step forward. But uh, I would say time savings for us mm. has been one of the huge uh, additions. 
and accessibility to all the information. I mean, prior to having this platform uh, where we're all have it at, at our fingertips, basically the data, uh, prior to that is if you needed a piece of data, you tried to get a hold of somebody and <laughs> they had to look it up in their, you know, three ring binder. And then you, you get the information and then pass it on to the, uh, the person that needs it. But uh, like I say, now with, uh, with real time data, uh, it's there. Anybody can use it from, you know, the plant side of it for quality issues that they're seeing or could be seeing to, um, you know, spray records and, and uh, scouting records and planning records. And uh, um, it's just all right there. And you're all seeing it, all the people in those different roles that are making decisions, you're all seeing the same data at the same time, right? So exactly. Yeah, that's, that's fascinating. That must, I, I can't, what was it like to go from the three wing binder to everybody having the same data? I mean, did that take a long time for people to figure out how do we work together on this and, and, you know, trust it or was that pretty fast? It was pretty fast. Uh, I mean, like, like everything else, you're, you're always going to have the naysayers that, uh, yeah. gonna, <laughs> gonna buck change. <laughs> and, you know, there's, uh, we, we kind of thought it might be some of the older folks, but some, a, a fair share of the older folks took on to it, uh, more than maybe some of the uh, middle-aged ones. Oh, that's uh, interesting. Huh? Yeah. It, it surprised me. Uh, but, uh, no, it, it actually went pretty fast and pretty well. And, uh, um, it's, it's making everybody's job easier. So, I mean, that's, uh, that's a big hurdle. I mean, if we can make our jobs easier, you can get home maybe a little earlier in the day, uh, instead of 12, 14 hours, you know, it might be 10 hour days. So, uh, <laughs> um, it does, uh, and, and, uh, you know, maybe, you know, a lot of times, a lot less phone calls. Well, I need this. I need that. Well, all they have to do now is just look it up. Yeah. It's right there at your fingertips. And it also, I assume, allows you to make some real-time decisions instead of sometimes when you get data that is already two weeks old or stale, you're you're looking backwards and you're not able to make real-time decisions in the moment of, of what to do and what to change. Most definitely. And, and like I say, with the, with the harvest side of things, uh, it's really been a, uh, a great thing on the real-time data. So they can, they can see, um, we have crop track, uh, linked up with a, a system we use in the facilities and, uh, we can actually see what they're processing in tons per hour. And we can see as us harvesting, what are, are we harvesting enough? Are we not harvesting enough? And, you know, we can relay quality issues uh, with all that information. So the plant knows, uh, hey, there's, there's, there's some brown spot on these beans. Maybe they need to slow down and clean them up a little huh. better. Uh, so all, all that being real time where before is, yeah, you had to relay that and they had to make sure it got relayed to the right person. Um, so all that is, 
incorporated in uh, in in the plant. There's screens around. It kind of gives them all that data on a on a real time uh, uh, platform. Yeah, that's great. So you can respond to it happening now. You had mentioned that it was um, tied in with another system in your plant, and th- one of the complaints I hear about so many of these systems is, you know, people have old legacy systems and then they get, you know, some new app or something and nothing talks to each other. And so it sounds like in this situation that you've got two different systems that are able to communicate with each other. Have you found that to be the case uh, a lot with technology or has that been a problem? Yeah, no, so far everything, uh, uh, that we use internally, uh, has linked very well. We use, uh, some different platforms for uh, our aerial applicators use uh, some of their own platforms and uh, we can link directly with them. So it, it's, it's been a lot of time savings of instead of having to put it into three different programs, you put it into one and we can pick it up or send it to, to any of the others. Yeah. Great. Well, is there anything else um, you want to mention about, just adopting technology and, and kind of what that journey has been like, or you think we've kind of got it covered? I think we kind of got it covered. I just, uh, <laughs> it, uh, yeah, it's, it's definitely a journey. And uh, like I say, jumping uh, over the last 25 years of, you know, handwritten notes and, and uh, uh, trying to find where you wrote it down and when you wrote it down <laughs> and what you did to, uh, you know, being able to uh, document it right now on the iPad or iPhone uh, or, or your desktop if you're at the office uh, and having that live live data real time is uh, very valuable. Great. Well, thank you very much for your time, Randy. I really appreciate it. You're welcome. Randy touched on so many important things about adopting a data platform. Every operation is different, and vegetables are certainly different from corn and soy. So we need to start with a platform that is tailored to our growing systems. Then, a close collaboration with the tech provider, especially at this early stage of technology development, is crucial. Use of the technology is iterative, and both the developer and the customer need to work together. Maybe in the future, a company can just sell a platform, but we aren't there yet. So all platform companies need to have a consultant part of their company. It is an integral part of the product, not an extra pain. And how do we measure return on investment? As we use tools that look at increased efficiencies in the chain, we will be able to see increases in yields and decreases in costs of production from data management systems over time. For Randy, the biggest ROI to him is getting several hours of his day back and not constantly looking for those scraps of paper or binders. That's it for this episode of PMA Takes on Tech. Thanks for allowing us to serve as your guide to the new world of produce and technology. Be sure to check out all our episodes at pma.com and wherever you get your podcasts. Please subscribe, and I would love to get any comments or suggestions of what you might want me to take on. For now, stay safe, eat your fruits and vegetables, and we will see you next time. Mm